It's time to give up. Get your ass up. Throw your hands up and say, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your recovery meeting on the air. Welcome to Sober in the City. Here's your sobriety assistant, Debbie Strand. Do you or someone you care about suffer from untreated alcoholism or addiction? Contact Believe Treatment Center now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center, we understand. I'm Debbie Strand, back with more Sober in the City, talking about how you can work a program of recovery and overcome your addictions, whatever they are. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, smoking, shopping, food addictions. They're life issues we all experience. Whether you're in recovery or not, whether you need recovery or not, we're here to get you help. Call us now. Share your opinion. Tell me how you stayed sober through the weekend or tell me that you didn't. 800-SOBER-05. And visit us on SoberInTheCity.com and listen live to the Sober in the City app for Apple Android devices. You can hear this show and previous shows there and share them with your friends. Give them to a sponsee that's driving you crazy. Let us talk to them for a while. Give us a call. Let us know you're listening to the show. We want to know that you're out there and what you're getting out of it. But right now, more about doing the work of a program, what you can expect, how it has worked for others, and how it can work for you. If you honestly try. I felt like from what I'd heard from people share that they were when they were going to go through their fifth step, which is admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We go through step four, where we take this personal inventory. We write down all our resentments, find out where we were selfish, self-seeking, dishonest and afraid. We find out what our parts were in resentments. And then in step five, we sit down and we read all that stuff to someone else. And what that actually does is it loses its power. Those resentments no longer own us. We no longer think of those people who we felt at one time offended us because then we could see our part in it and that it's not so bad. We lose shame. We lose guilt. A lot of different things go on. But I thought from what I heard everybody sharing in the meetings that I was going to, that I was going to see rainbows and butterflies and <laughs> the heavens were going to part. And, but you know what? I did feel really good at the time that I had accomplished something. And also, as I was sitting in meetings and going to step studies, and I'm watching all these people go through their steps, I felt like I wanted to be a part of, and I felt like I was fitting in with the cool kids. You know, the cool kids were doing their steps. The cool kids were getting through. And then the people who weren't being successful and staying sober weren't doing this work. So I wanted to be successful staying sober. I wanted to hang out with the cool kids. That's who I considered cool. So for me, it was a process of letting all this stuff go. I let this program wash over me. I had some harsh edges. Imagine that. <laughs> and I needed to be softened out a little bit like beach glass. But I haven't lost my whole personality. I'm still pretty strong. I'm still pretty tough. But step five, sharing my resentments, what my part was in them, helped me to begin to let go of the shame and the guilt and to see where my fears came from and that my fears were never as big as I had hoped that they would be. So today, it's easier to go through life. I'm also going to touch on steps six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, and eight were really easy. Step six is where we were entirely ready to have God remove the defects of character. Yeah, I wanted my bad stuff gone. I didn't want to keep acting out. And in seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. There's a little prayer in the book. When you get to reading step five, you say, yeah, okay, I'm ready to have the defects removed. You read this short prayer. 
and you're through six and seven that quick. So five, six, and seven can be accomplished quite quickly. And then step eight, you just make a list of people that you had harmed and become willing. No, you just make the list. <laughs> just make the list. You don't even have to become willing yet. Wait, do you? Make a list of all persons we'd harm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me read that again. In step eight, we make a list of all persons we'd harm and just become willing to make an amends to them. We're not actually making that amends yet. So relax. You're not there yet. Your sponsor will guide you, which means you have to have a sponsor. So step eight, all we have to do is take our step four and write down the names of all the people that we had resentments towards. That's it. It's that easy. So five, six, seven, eight, whip right through them. So these steps are not as big and hairy, scary as maybe you think that they are. We're going to go to some of the callers and we're going to see what their experience is with them. We're going to go to Ken from Fort Worth, Texas. Ken, Ken, go ahead and share on, yeah, touch on four, go into five, six, seven, eight. How did all that work for you? Did that go quite quickly for you as it did for me? Well, thank you, Debbie. It's wonderful to be back again. It's been a long time. I'm glad to see you got the band back together. <laughs> um, my, my, my step four was, was a desperate need for air. Um, 20 years of drinking, 10 years of drugging, I pretty much come to the last house on the block. I lost everything. So doing my step four was critical. And unlike a lot of people, I really wanted to get it done. A lot of people were scared of it. I needed to just go in, take my punches. I was already beat up. I can't get any more beat up. So I, I just jumped into my step four. And uh, I had a sponsor who was a part-time sponsor. So I, I, I got to do my step five, six, and seven uh, when he was between movies and date. But I got it done. <laughs> and then, sadly, that's, there's, there's a lot of that going on out there. But I won't talk about AA. I'll just talk about me and the steps. Um, my step five was the, 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 the cleansing. It was what I refer to as when you call a plumber because your toilet stopped up, you'd run that little snake down in there, and all of a sudden all that crud and nasty just comes right on out, and everything starts flowing smooth. I mean, it's great. Um, but doing my step five and step six, I actually had to bribe my sponsor to sit at a table long enough for me to get it out and talk about it because he was late for a movie date. Well, what's your part in that, Ken? You could have got a different sponsor. <laughs> I'm going to call you out. Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> in nine years, I went through five sponsors. Mm. Hmm. That's so, tough. So, you know, firing That's, tough. A, That's a lot. not a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's people out there, you know, they'll fire a sponsor just because, you know, they don't like the kind of car they drive. Yeah. I fired my sponsors because of double standards. Oh, okay. Well, you were doing the work of the program and, and that's somebody who wants to get their program right. And if they don't see them living right, they go get another one. Or if they don't have time for you, go get another one. Don't sit there and not get your stuff done because your sponsor doesn't have time. And good for you. You did what it took. If you had to bribe them to sit there, you did. Good. Yeah. I, I kind of use the uh, the group as a little intimidator to telling people. <laughs> man, I want to do my fifth step, but he's too late for a movie day. wants to go 13 step in. They all got on him about it. Oh, <laughs> ow, ow. Well, I'm so, glad yeah, you that, got that through. Manipulating little drug addict drunk was yeah. still present. Still in, my sources. still in action. Well, I'm glad you got through it. Tell us about the experience of getting through it. <laughs> um, once I got to six and seven, you know, as you said, it goes that quick and it goes that easy. I've been 
uh, raised around God and Jesus my whole life, but I actually got in touch with him at that point. It's one thing to say, you know him, but you really don't. And then I finally got in touch with him, my higher power. I mean, let me, you know, preface that. That's my higher power. And I really start to get to know him. And I remember doing my seven and eight and then going back to my roach infested apartment. Yeah, I was down and out and dirty and cussing at God, dropping the F-bomb and calling him everything but an entity. And then asked him to humbly remove my character defect to help me see my part in it, to help me go forward. And uh, when, when I was wrong, I promptly admitted it, apologized to that individual and went forward. And I made this a daily practice. That's what I did. Um, seven and eight, seven went pretty quick. I did my prayer, but it really didn't start taking any kind of effect until years later. But in the AA rooms, they tell you fake it till you make it. So I did that. Now, a lot of people take that out of context, but for me, it was, okay, I said the prayer. I'm addicted to a drug called instant gratification, and it wasn't coming. So I made my prayer, then I went forward. I really didn't put any, any never mind into it. Step eight, I started making a list to this day. And it's been, matter of fact, it'll be nine years in May. To this day, I am still, when it's convenient, seeking out people and making amends to them. Just a couple of years ago, I made amends to my grandfather. Um, my parents were absolutely first, and then those people around me, as far as associates, quote, friends, next. And to this day, my best friend from high school, who I call my brother, uh, not only accepted it, but has now embraced me. Um, and actually includes me in his family functions and whatnot. He's now married. He's a police officer and he's got a little girl. So I'm uncle Ken <laughs> and it's, it's been great. Um, four through six for sure are very critical to me. Um, I will, I've actually done two or three. Every time you get a new sponsor, they want to go back and do the four step. I said, okay, fine, let's go. And they just look at you puzzled, like, what do you mean, let's go? Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, we're going to go to the plumber. If I got it, we're going to pay him to clean out the pipe. Let's clean out the pipe. <laughs> that's so, right. And, but, but that's just, you know, part of my defect as, as a drunk, I would take that the wrong direction. But my nature is aggressive. If I'm going to do something, then let's get it done. Don't sit there and talk about it and fiddle fart and, everything else, just let's get it done. Okay, how do you want me to do it? Because the other three sponsors told me to do it like this. Okay, well, we'll do it like that. Hey, right, you, never, you never know you do it different. You might find something different. Absolutely. And every time I did one, I found something new. I found something different. Just this revelation, this epiphany. Oh, my God, I need to. And it goes forward. And the steps have been critical in my life. I still practice them today here at the house. Uh, my wife and I will have been married seven years in April. And we practice the steps here. Now, mind you, she wasn't an alcoholic and didn't need recovery, but she did drink. And in honor and respect of me, for almost nine years now, she's been sober. I've got a friend in the Palm Beach Gardens area that just started a meeting, 12-step work for normal people. So <laughs> tell, tell everyone you know, stand by. It's, it's coming. I love the steps. I think, I think everyone should work the steps. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Ken, thank you so much for sharing your experience. We're going to go to Carlos. Carlos is from Washington, D.C. Carlos, welcome to Sober in the City. 
Hey there. Carlos, you hear us sharing about steps. Share with us a little bit of your experience, specifically 5678. Okay. Uh, although it'll be kind of strange to share about eight and not uh, at least mention nine. Please do. Uh, five is a follow up to four. And uh, it explains uh, in the, the 12 and 12 that uh, if we uh, try and talk to God about it without talking to another person, it's real easy for us to cheat. It's real easy for us to, you know, we get used to the idea of having a higher power that um, knows what's going on, but it doesn't directly interfere with us. So we don't like sweat it that much if that's all we're doing. If we, uh, if we talk to ourselves, well, alcoholism is uh, uh, in large part a disease of rationalization. Again, we're going to give ourselves lots of outs. And the, and the work we did in step four isn't going to have much fruit if, uh, if that's all we, we do. But when we share it with another human being, especially if that human being is someone who knows us, who knows our story, who has our best interest at heart even when we don't, who can be objective about our crap because it's our crap, not his. And that's kind of a pocket description of a sponsor, a good one, anyway. Uh, we can... We can really get feedback that's useful. If we're trying to fool ourselves, if we looked at something and got the wrong idea, he can steer us clearer. If, if both when we're working four and when we're doing five, if we get petrified by looking at only this bad stuff, and step four is not to identify our good features, although they can be uh, listed there, it's to help us identify our liabilities so we can deal with them. It's very clear about that, both in the big book uh, and in the 12 and 12. And I'd like to mention something in passing. The big book is our text. The 12 and 12 is a series of essays on the steps that Bill W. wrote uh, for the... Uh, Grapevine, uh, starting uh, in the late 40s. He uh, had uh, recovery uh, for about a decade at that point when he wrote it. He understood some things he didn't when he, uh, and on the first four chapters, he had the help of uh, over 80 other sober drunks, uh, uh, wrote the big book. They were still... It's amazing how it came out. It's a perfect set of simple, clear instructions on how to work the steps. But we didn't understand a whole lot about how the steps worked back then. We, we, we had just kind of found them. When the book was published, nobody in the fellowship had been sober more than about seven or eight years. And those were guys who got sober before uh, Bill W. and Dr. Bob got together, who got sober through the Oxford group. Uh, anyway, uh, 
So by listing these liabilities, by looking at uh, who we were pissed off at, why we were pissed off, you know, what the what the event was, uh, what it affected in us, and then our part. And then looking at who we had behaved poorly towards in our sex conduct. And by looking at our fears, you know, we find out about a ton of stuff about what it is that we drink over, what the underlying causes and conditions really are. But if we don't have that information kind of organized and cleared up where it's murky, it's not going to do us a hell of a lot of good. Knowledge alone won't cut it for us drunks. And that's what step five is about. By getting together with somebody who I can trust enough to share this stuff with honestly, and by getting feedback from him. I mean, there were four or five things <clears throat> that, uh, uh, that I thought well, you know, I had to take to grave that I didn't want to put on the list, but I managed to put on the list. Well, when my sponsor talked to me about his doing the same thing, and one of them, he did worse than I did, and a big deal to him that I'd done these kind of things, well, that made it easier for me to accept. And a lot of people, a lot of people, on some or all of the things that they share in their fifth step, they feel a big weight removed from them. Isn't it that way with everybody? First time uh, I did step five because I had done a, uh, a non-big book approach to step four and my sponsor let me get away with it because it was what was appropriate in that situation. Um, I didn't get a lot of relief. The second time I did four and five, I did get a fair bunch of relief. And it isn't so much for the relief. It's so we can find out what we need to work on and not be so overwhelmed by it, not be so afraid of it anymore. And uh, it's weird. Step four is the one that most people these days get all terrified about and think that's going to be the toughest one at all to do. But it's step six that Bill W. said it's a big deal. I mean, we're trying in step six to get willing to have all, every single one of our character defects get removed from us. That almost makes you feel like you're, it almost makes you feel like you're going to be defenseless. That is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people, it does. If if you take, I mean, all my character defects, I don't know about you, but all of my character defects I created to try and protect myself. Exactly. You know, they're self-defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. uh, applied inappropriately uh, because my instincts have gotten distorted. Right. But those yeah. those defects no longer serve me. I'm no longer in situations where I need to be that uh, that nasty, protective person. I don't put myself in, in harmful situations anymore. I can pull those defects up real quick if I need to. Uh-huh. It's not like they're gone uh-huh. and gone forever. Do you feel the same? Uh, 
I don't know about feel. Uh, it, it, what you just said is absolutely a fact. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm still a self-centered son of a gun. <laughs> I just don't have to act that way today. And sometimes I don't. And more often, I don't act as self-centered. And because I've been involved in service in the fellowship and outside of the fellowship for over 22 years at this point, I've gone beyond doing service, helping others, because I have to, because if I don't, I'll relapse. And for me, to drink is to die. Right. Yeah, it may not be that way for everybody, or at least they may not think it is. But if you're a real alcoholic like I am, when you start drinking, you start throwing away everything. You know, your financial situation, your morality, your relationships, your your ability to do things that aren't stupid. I mean, when I've been drunk, I've tried to cross a freeway without really paying attention to where the cars were coming. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Now, that, that kind of stuff can kill you. Absolutely. And I did two Wait. prison stretches before I got sober, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, you were saying something? Yeah, no, that, that plane in traffic will kill you quick. Uh-huh. Uh, but the idea of giving up all of them is real, real scary if you really look at it. So it's a good thing that we're not actually doing it. What we're doing is step six, and this is what got it more comfortable for me, is we're becoming willing to have our higher power get rid of them. Now, one thing that I take from that that not everybody does is I have to be willing to start doing work to change those behaviors. The steps work. Uh, one to three of the preparatory ones. Uh, four through nine are where you carry out the decision in step three. Ten, eleven, and twelve, some people call the maintenance step. I personally think they're the spiritual growth steps. When you've gotten the nonsense out of the way, ten, eleven, and twelve let you grow and grow and grow inside where it counts. Beautiful. Carlos, thank you so much for sharing that experience. And you've been at it a long time. We really appreciate you being here. We're going to go to Robin. Robin is in West Milford, New Jersey. Robin, welcome to Sober in the City. Thanks, Debbie. Robin, you hear us sharing about the steps. Uh, Specifically, we're talking about admitting your fourth step, which is where you took your searching and fearless moral inventory, admitting it to God and to another person, reading that stuff out loud. And in six, we're having God uh, we're getting willing to have God remove our defects of character. Seven, we're saying a prayer to ask him to remove our shortcomings. And in step eight, we're making a list of people we had harmed and we're becoming willing to make an amends to them. Can you share on those steps for us, five through eight? Sure. Before I get started, I just wanted to say I kind of, I really liked what Ken had said about um, steps four and five and naming those steps like air. I can definitely relate to that. Definitely. Um, I was was one of those bottom of the barrel people. Um, When I got to recovery, I had nothing. Um, I've been in and around 12-step fellowships for over 18 years now, and I've uh, worked the steps. I'm actually working the steps again for the fourth time. Um, I happen to live in an area where it's 
kind of believe that you should just work the steps and then do it again and do it again and do it again. I don't know if I'm down with all that, um, but I've done, I've worked the steps in two fellowships and in two different ways in one of those fellowships. Okay. Um, That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. The first time, the first time I did my steps, um, it was in a fellowship that um, has since come out with a step working guide. So when I did my steps the first time, we didn't have a step working guide. And, you know, it's difficult to talk about the fifth step without talking about the fourth step, of course. And I was very anxious to get started on my fourth step. And, um, you know, I took my time. And, you know, I've heard people say that you can share that fifth step with anyone of your choosing. And, you know, some people may choose a... Uh, a priest or some people may choose a family member. Um, For me, right from the very beginning, I knew that person was going to be my sponsor. Um, To me, that was just the logical thing to do um, because I knew that she would call me on my BS. Um, Of course, in a loving way. (laughs) So really, the fifth step was was more of, I had more hesitation with the fifth step than I did with the fourth step. Um, I really didn't want to share all that dirty, nasty stuff. Um, But my sponsor, you know, she came in and she made it easy for me. And we sat down and we just, we set aside a whole day. And I went to her apartment and we sat down and I read my fourth step to her. And, you know, I was very surprised um, that at many points she, there was a lot of identification from her because we came from two very different backgrounds. I being a bottom of the barrel person and her being at the top of the corporate ladder. So, um, I was very surprised at that. And when I finished on the fifth step, she asked me, why was I not on that fourth step list? Which I, it had never crossed my mind at that point that, that perhaps I should be on that list. Um, so, so we talked about that and we, we had discussion. Um, my defects, uh, for step six and seven, or for step six, they actually came out of that fourth step, fourth and fifth step. Um, and that's the beauty of the steps. They kind of leap, one leads right into the next. Yeah. Um, and for the seventh step, um, you know, it was the prayer. But, you know, the whole steps for me was a learning process. I learned about things that I had no idea about, such as honesty, self-acceptance, humility. Um, you know, and as you said, the eighth step is just making a list and, um, you know, the list was very long, believe me. Um, and I was told, of course, to make the list with no looking forward to the ninth step about making the actual amends, mm-hmm. just to do it as if there were no ninth step. Of course, we know that's impossible. <laughs> I had um, to keep reminding but, myself, too. I absolutely I, I can identify with that. I had to keep reminding myself I'm not on the ninth step yet. I'm not there yet. And my sponsor made that easy. We're going to talk about that in the next segment when we come back more about doing the work of the program, what you can expect and how it worked for others and how it can work for you. If you honestly try 800 sober zero five, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors who make this show possible. Give them a call. Let them know you're listening. Maybe take a chance to call someone and ask them to be your sponsor. If you haven't yet. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Ken. We'll be right back. She hates her job, loves her kids, bored with her husband, 
Tired of the same old list of things to do So when the to-dos have all been done She sits down at the kitchen table Rolls herself a fat one Smoke so sweet Fills the air She maybe ought to crack a window All she can do is stare at the paint That's been appealing off of the walls A couple of tokes of her troubles don't seem all that tall You know life will let you down Love will leave you alone Sometimes the only way to get by is to get At Belief Treatment Center, we understand we understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We we are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at 1-855-874-2354. That's 855-874-2354. 1-855-874-2354. Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center. We understand.